Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pimples Podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm Alex. We're here. And also, I'm Steve. And I'm just glad to be here with Rory B. Bellows. That's a great reference. Steve has no idea what's going on. It's, <laughs> it's regarding my perm. Rory B. Bellows is Krusty the Clown, Steve. When he, when he, when he faked his own death. And yeah. then he, he's got all the proof you need right beside the throttle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> another great reference. Um, for those that don't know, I got a perm. Yes. Not my choice. Thank you, Andrea in Ottawa. And also thank you to my wife, Amy, for doing it. Uh, but but, but hey, on the, on, hey, it may not be your favorite choice of hair, hairstyle, but that is one great hat you have covering it. Oh, this hat that I found or. I got to think, who is it? CFL Super Late News on Twitter for posting a, a stock photo of this. I'm, I'm, en- I'm enjoying that. Uh, I'm enjoying that account. It's got some really good stuff. Oh, but that hat is amazing. I mean, behind us, it's the best follows on Twitter easily. Uh, it's the 1984 Great Cup uh, in Edmonton hat. And it's got, um, as you guys can see, people can't see it right now, but it's got a, um, a, a certain kernel on the top of the top of the hat and um yeah and here's the, here's the Just thing the fantastic. cfl would never get that anymore like imagine walking into a restaurant and just see, see cfl merch like that was back in the day when the cfl had support i'm not saying they don't support but they had some really good brand tie-ins this is Not the too. best thirteen dollars I've ever spent in my life, guys. Nine dollars. You know it was nine ninety nine. The guy gave me a ten percent discount, so that saved me a dollar. So I dropped it down to nine bucks. He was going to charge actual shipping, so a parcel in Canada is like eighteen bucks. So it was supposed to be like thirty bucks, and he ended up being able to flatten the hat and shipped it as a letter. So it only cost him like three dollars to ship. He sent me an email back and said, "Here's some. Here's your money back." Uh, for the shipping, so he sent me fourteen dollars back. So that's a I good can't dude. say enough good things about Joe's Vintage Collectibles out in uh, I think it was Brandon, but they're out in Manitoba for sure. Um, so if you ever have a chance, he gets a free plug from us this week. He's my good guy of the week. Like, that's just a fantastic place. Probably um, well, someone from Manitoba exactly, not being a jerk. I can tell you exactly why that hat is awesome. Only the best things came out in nineteen eighty four. Like me, uh, the nineteen eighty four. Oh, oh, sure, okay, yeah, so, the best um, I got. Piffles podcast, of course, is brought to you by Dairy <laughs> Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. It's off like the rails, degrees, and oh my god, get yourself a blizzard right now or a peanut butter parfait, something. Oh, Alex speaks from, yesterday. Alex speaks from experience. I saw him walking, eating a blizzard the other day. I did have a blizzard and two cheeseburgers 
for six bucks. That was a good supper. That was a good life choice of mine. I love Better or worse than the deal. choice of the hat. <laughs> uh, we got so much to get to, to actual football to talk about. Now that training camps are underway, uh, here's the opening kickoff. Uh, by the way, we're on Twitter at Pipples Pod. Uh, you can give us a follow on there. Um, training camps underway. CFL season is almost officially here. And we're super pumped because the riders are on the field getting ready. And there's a lot of battles going on right now. One guy that you won't actually see at training camp right now is Derek Moncrief. They transferred him to the injured veterans list. Um, had shoulder surgery in the off season. And he's just coming back from that. So he doesn't need training camp. We know what we get with Derek Moncrief. He's the best Sam linebacker in the league, and it's not even close. And they just got to get him healthy. That's all it is. But the nice thing about that is it gives other guys a chance to step in to the role and see who could possibly play there should this injury last longer. And right now it's CJ Rivas, uh, who's been kind of taking that spot out with the ones. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just great to see. I mean, it's in Saskatoon. We're all in Regina, but it's great to see all the pictures, all the videos, uh, everything going on with training camp right now. It's just, would you say, Steve, we're less than a week. Was it Monday is the first preseason game just in the CFL? It's just so nice to be this close. When training camp finally gets here, it's that feeling like we've made it. We've made it through winter. We've made it through a garbage off season. Football is back. Yeah, we had rookie camp last week, but nobody cares about rookie camp. This is this is the real deal. These are the these are the players that have made it past the opening cuts. Some of them will still get cut. Most of them will be forgotten, but we'll get our 42 to 46 guys out of this group and it's exciting. I it's weird. I I don't know if it's just because last year wasn't what the riders wanted to be after hosting the gray cup or what, but I'm actually looking forward to this season. Like I've got a weird, like we, we got a new quarterback. We got a bunch of new receivers, got a new offensive line. No one knows what this is actually going to look like, but I have something I think they call, um, what sort of hope is that is, 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 is that the right word? Hope. Optimism. Optimism. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's something that I'm as a writer fan, it's not usually there going into a season like this. And I'm, I'm, I've been sharing my Kool-Aid with you. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, then, then I need to go to a doctor. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel good about this season and it's really weird considering everyone has us like finishing dead last in the West. Well, and you have with the amount of turnover that this team is going to have from 2022 to 2023, like that's a huge roster turnover. And I have that same optimism. Do I think that they're going to go out and win the Grey Cup? No, I don't think that. But with Trevor Harris as your quarterback, you're already probably in the top two or three conversation because he is a top two or three quarterback in this league right now. You could argue that he's second behind Zach Laros. So just automatically he brings you that that credibility and that, I mean, you're going to be a contender with him. Playoffs are not out of the question. And even a home playoff game, I don't think is completely out of the question. Um, obviously, we'll see how it all shakes out. But hell, Daryl Davis has him down for 10 wins and hosting a playoff game. Daryl Davis. 
Like, I think I thought he was kidnapped when I saw that. I really thought, you know, the, the Twitter <laughs> meme where what will I say when I'm kidnapped? I thought for sure he was kidnapped. Turns out he is safe. And I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so let's take a look at the top training camp battles in camp right now. Obviously, let's start with the O-line, okay, with how garbage it was last year. They are, before we get to where everybody's kind of standing right now in the O-line, I love what Jeremy O'Day is doing. Over the last couple of days, he's brought in a couple different O-linemen. Cut one, bring another one in. They're trying absolutely everybody they can possibly bring in, especially at tackle, to make the left tackle you know, upgraded and make sure that we, you know, they have a good fallback with Phil Blake. If these guys don't pan out, they have something or at right tackle or whatever the case is, but he's trying everything. So I love that he's doing that. It kind of looks like a Chris Jones O-line in the sense that he's just going to keep bringing guys until he finds his guy. I'm okay with that. And that's just, I mean, that's what they need. So right now, I personally thought that Philip Blake would start at left tackle. Right now, the way that it's lining up is JV and Hawkins at left tackle. Philip Blake is at left guard. You have Peter Godber at center. Logan Furland and or Evan Johnson, depending on the day so far, at right guard. And then right tackle is a different guy every single day. Um, interesting. I find that kind of interesting with Blake at left guard. And all of a sudden, maybe it's Logan Furland, who we kind of all had penciled in at left guard, that pushes... Evan Johnson out of a job. You know what? If you can take Philip Blake and put him in the interior and find somebody good enough out in that tackle spot, an interior of Godbert, Blake, and Furlan, and honestly, even Evan Johnson, despite his year last year, I still have some hope for him. But even the two of them and, and Logan Furlan, that's a quality interior. That is a top-tier interior. And they're only going to do that if they find somebody they're comfortable with at the left tackle position. So I'm I'm loving the fact that they're already looking at that as their potential starting group. That to me says says everything. It says that's what they this is what we're planning for. This is our number one priority. Yes, they have that fallback of Gla of Blake at left tackle, but they they don't want to use that. That's not their that's not their choice. And you'd have to think if they can solidify those tackles Maybe Johnson, despite he's he, Ferland is cheaper than Johnson. You even with the um, restructuring that appears to happen, I would assume. So you would have to think Johnson could be a cap casualty if Fry also picks it up, uh, picks up the playbook this year. So well, and you'll have Logan Bandy there as well too. I know he's mm -hmm. you know going to be penciled as the backup center again, but in a pinch he can play guard and. I think having these guys available kind of pushes Evan Johnson out. And with, like you said, found out on the CFL transactions page that it appears that Evan Johnson restructured his contract. I'm assuming for more of a bonus laden contract um, instead of the base salary, like three donation had him as the 15th highest paid O-lineman second on the riders only behind Philip Blake. And he shouldn't be a top five paid on the riders with how he's been playing. Um, so if they can find a way to push him out and, and save a little bit of money that way, I think a lot of fans will be happy because I liked the growth of Logan Furland last year. I thought Logan Bandy was put into kind of an awkward or a really tough spot, not awkward, but a tough spot 
coming in behind a longtime veteran leader of the O-line, calling out all the blocking for the O-line and doing that basically as a raw rookie. I thought he handled himself pretty well. There were growing pains, yes, but I'm willing to deal with those if he grows from it, and it seems like he has. So if they can find a way to keep those guys and not have to try and convince one of them for a practice roster spot, then you can keep Zach Fry on the practice roster. And it just gives you a little bit more options down the road. And, I mean, we like our Sasky guys, but Evan Johnson, if he's not cutting it, see ya. Unfortunately, as a football team, if you're not finding that next guy and bringing guys up with you and overpaying on certain positions, your team is going to suffer from it. So hopefully Blake settles in. We're on the left side and we can, uh, or right side and we can keep on going or left side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, another uh, battle um, Canadians with Keen Schaefer Baker out for the first foreseeable future of the season. Anyway, uh, who's going to be the guy that steps up? Sam Emelis is the one who uh, seems to be taking his spot as a starter with Braden Lenius. Um, but again, I feel that's going to be a little bit more of a rotation thing uh, between the Canadians, Joan Breskison, uh, Mitch Pickton had a really nice, you know, toe drag swag catch uh, on the sidelines that they got really good video of. Um, so I'm not too upset about that. I like the fact that Sean Bain seems to be in the starting lineup right now uh, with Darrell Walker and Jake Weineke as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I'm just glad we're not going to have to rely on throwing two Canadians out there every game when you've got really talented American receivers. And, and that's not a, a, a slight of the Canadian receivers. We got a, a good set of them, but we have got some really good Americans last year that were sitting on the bench because we had to start two Canadians. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they've kind of got this ratio probably better fixed for this season than last season. I'm genuinely surprised the Riders didn't kick the tires on Braylon Addison when he was cutting Hamilton. That I mean, I, he did he did get picked up pretty quick in Ottawa, but I'm wondering if at least a phone call was made because that's a that's a veteran guy they absolutely could have used to uh, to also, help grow this uh, this receiving core. I'm also wondering though if him missing some games at the beginning of the season because he's not 100 percent ready to go yet was kind of. Uh, a red flag for them considering they're already going to be, be missing KSB for the beginning of the season as it is. Well, if you look at that, you, you get past those first few games, you, even without them, you're, you're, you're without them. You're, you're still stuck with the, the guys you got, but if you got them in, you've got somebody coming in two, three weeks down the season. Then you get Keon Schaefer Baker back, you know, six, eight weeks into the season. And all of a sudden you, you've got this drastic improvement to what hopefully will already be a good receiving core. You can never have too much depth, especially if you can you six game a guy to start the year. That's you know money in the pocket, right? I just don't know where you're gonna how you're gonna filter him in when you've got Walker, Weineke, Bain, uh, Tevin Jones. I think is going to be really good this year off the bench. Where, where do you where do you slot him in? The the thing though is you have a lot of potential, but we don't have a lot of knowns. We we have Darrell Walker. Keon Schaefer Baker. The rest, you still don't really know what you've got, and that's a that's a big risk going into the to a big year where 
you look at O'Day and Dickinson, they need a home run this year. Their jobs are on the line. Although we did say that all of last year too, and here we are. But realistically, they need success. So pinning your team on potential is a is a big risk. I hope it pays off. I'm just a little shocked they didn't uh, that he wasn't the first call. All I know is if they go over the cap, I hope they do better than Ottawa does. They don't need to go over the cap to be better than Ottawa will be. Um, I like that the offense is using um, Mario Alford a little bit in the slot as well, too. It seems like they're actually, uh, Kelly Jeffries really putting a an emphasis on that. And I think that's going to only make this, this offense stay on the field a little bit more. And we're going to see a few more big plays uh, out of him besides just the kicking game. I love that they're doing that. So um, I'm kind of liking what I'm, what I'm hearing about anyway uh, from training camp. I can't wait for the preseason, the first preseason game to see that in action and see, I know it's a vanilla offense in the preseason, but uh, just to see how they start using some of these guys, some of these guys uh, flipping over to the other side on defense. The big thing for me is the defensive backs, the safety spot. Looks like Jaden Dalkey's getting the, the first crack at starting there. Obviously Mike Adams no longer with the team. Um, but I was curious where they were going to put Jeremy Clark because he played corner. He played half last year. Were they going to keep him at half? And it seems like that's what they're doing. Um, Amari Henderson gets the first shot at the other corner spot. Of course, Nick Marshall has, has the other corner and Roland Milligan at half on the other side. Um, so it's just more continuity, which is good. A lot of these guys, I mean, they all, they all played last year. They all played together. And I really like the makes of this DB group. And I'm looking forward to seeing the different looks that Jason Shivers is going to throw at, throw at other teams. Realistically, when you can start with a, a grouping of Roland Milligan, uh, Nick Marshall and Jeremy Clark, that's a, again, that's a top tier group. That's, that's three guys who can play the game at a high level. You know, then you throw in your Lacombo, hopefully it's at safety and Jackson Ford when he gets, you know, up and running later, maybe later on in the season. That's a that's a pretty solid group. You know, that's not a spot that I even have any remote worry about. I, I think they'll be they'll be fine going into this year. I had Roland Milligan percentage of worry about this defense this year. I have zero percent of like zero. I'm not concerned at all. But not I, double zero. Not double zero. Because we can't have both. We, we can't have both. I I legit am not worried about this. Like Shivers is a brilliant coach. He seems to know how to put his guys out there for success. Um, despite some of the scores last year, if it wasn't for a defense, we wouldn't have been as good as we were. So I'm not concerned at all. Whoever they put in there, I'm sure is gonna be very, very well. And they got a lot of talented guys back there. You look at it, right. we're solid in the linebacking group. We're solid <laughs> at the D-line. We're solid at defensive back. I don't know if there's any Ryder fans out there who are looking at our defense going, you know, I really hope they can put it together because our offense is clearly going to be the the winner here. I the, the defense, This defense is championship ready. Period. Exclamation point. Um, ellipsis question mark <laughs> ellipsis uh, no. uh disclaimer uh we're recording this on what is it tuesday tuesday night 
Um, there are apparently about 10 cuts to come in um, by Wednesday morning. Um, so this is going to be hard for us, but we're going to have fun and be wrong in the process. Um, guys, I want you to give me your top rookie standout for this season. Um, who you think is going to make the biggest impact on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2023? <laughs> and keep in mind, they're probably going to be cut by the time anybody else hears this. So this is going to be even funnier. I'm like going through the list right now, trying to find the rookies. Um, I'm just looking for like an all-time name. I'm just going through the list looking for an all-time name. I just want we, to say, can that? Can we just throw out a, a notice to a sadness over the the loss of the greatest name I've ever seen in Rider Green and White? We'll, I'm not we'll even going to try and pronounce it, but yeah, I'm so we'll, sad right now. We'll do that in a minute. I actually have that written down here. We're oh good. Yeah, there's there's the eulogy. Uh, for his rider career coming up. Um, Perfect. I'll, just, um, I'll, I'll start with mine then, just rookie who I think is good. I want to say take the easy way out and say Gerald Hawkins is going to be the left tackle from the looks of it. But, I mean, he's been around in the NFL for years. Um, so I'm going to go a different route and not take him. I'm going to go with linebacker Colby Harville-Peel. He's going to be a standout. That's my guy. Uh, now, are uh, we I... are we talking rider rookies, as in their first year in green and white? You or can't does it have Trevor to be legitimate rookies? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, that's a that's a cheap move. I wouldn't do Trevor Harris. Now that I know, I can't. Um, no. But yeah, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to go straight like up rookies. You've you've had good luck with this with your Corey Sheets and Weston Dressler jerseys. Right? Yeah, so you should be and Keith Tostin and Corey Banks. Who, who else? You know what? Corey Williams. Thank you very much. And Williams, so there, if we go back to to Keith Tostin, he should have been given a shot. His only game, his first run, he busts off a was it a sixty yard run? And he his and he, first and he, career he, run, and they still never gave him a shot. I want to know what happened that he never got a legitimate look. And he dummied what's but, his name from Ottawa too. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Now. Oh, oh. Yeah, the, he just retired. The Canadian, he just retired. Yeah. Uh, starts with a P. Pruno. Pruno. Yeah, Antoine yeah, Pruno. yeah. He absolutely dummied Antoine Pruno. It was amazing. I'm, I'm going gonna, to go. I'm with... gonna go... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go no. ahead. Don't. No. Valentin Nuhua, defensive line number seventy-seven in your hearts. Number number seventy-seven in your program. Number one in your hearts. I don't know. Defensive right. line. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Despite me saying the Riders should have brought in Braylon Addison and you know question marks around the receiving core, I'm going to take a shot and go Isaiah McCoy, rookie uh, rookie ride receiver. I've heard a few good things out of him uh, from camp so far, so I look forward to him being cut in the morning. But uh, he's he's my guy this year. So you're saying he's going to be the real McCoy, the real McCoy? Yep. Better, better not, not another night. Joke. Not another night. Better than the last McCoy they had, which was Dave McCoy, second round draft pick back in what, 2008 or 2009, whatever it was, had uh, like I think six career catches. So, I mean, now that I've picked him, he's probably going to be better. The original McCoy will be better. Okay. Well, Steve, here, uh, here's your, your chance here. Um, we each put out an article, top five riders to watch in 2023. Greg, you went with Mario Alford, uh, right tackle. 
um, Darrell Walker, Roland Milligan, yeah. and Trevor Harris. Um, I went with Micah Tights, Braden Linius, Stefan Banks, Jaden Dahlke, and Zach Fry. And Steve, you went with Jackson Ford, Eric Lofton, Mario Alford, the wide receiver group as one player uh, um, as a whole, I guess. And you went with, uh, this is where we play the, uh, I will remember you. <laughs> La or, Ke- uh, How do you say this? La Kea could, La could, Kea could not, not going to work here anymore? <laughs> Kaho Ahano Ahano. Um, Davis. There was a dash Davis in there as well, too. Um, <laughs> I just love the end of that. It's like, Davis. <laughs> that's a great name. Like, that's... It's it's up there. Edmonton just put uh, what was his name, Your Majesty, um, on the suspended list. He didn't report to camp. That would have been up there with an all time name as well, too. I think the only person happy about uh, Davis, I'm not going through it all. Uh, Davis being cut was Gordy Gilroy because he didn't have to figure out how to get that name on a jersey. Hundred percent. If he made the roster, I would have gotten that jersey just just for the humor of having two rows of name like you gotta love a good football name a good just a memorable name and i don't know if it gets any more memorable than kaho ohano hano davis they'd have to bring back the long sleeve jerseys just for him (laughs) just one so it could go all the way elbow to elbow a r.i.p to a to a great writer career our our terrence nunn I know riderfans.com has their uh, Terrence Nunn Award for biggest standout in training camp. Um, he's our, he's our Terrence. He didn't even Terrence make Nunn training super. camp. He got cut in rookie camp. Even more reason. He made it for, in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> um, one more thing here in the opening kickoff. Um, the Plaza of Honor inductees should be coming out right away. They've been out in early May lately. Um, I have a feeling they're waiting to nail one specific name down on this. Um, but seeing as the Legends Night and Clause of Honor inductees are going in, um, and they're going to be celebrating the 2013 Great Cup team, it's got to be Durant and Bag, right? Like those are the two guys. Or do you think they'd kind of cheap out and just induct the team itself? Because all the other three Great Cup championship teams are in there. So do you think just got the team, or do you think they have individuals from there that'll go in as well? They're separate nights, so they're honoring Legends Night and Plaza of Honor, two different nights, right? Same game against same. Oh, then they're just doing the team. Then they're just doing the team. Then they're just doing the team. I I don't. They're just doing the team. Yeah. I there's if it was. Two separate nights. Maybe you honor the team and then do individuals later, but they have to do the team. It's that simple. I think whether or not they do the team as a whole versus individual players depends entirely on the availability of that that aforementioned player, who I guess we didn't mention, but the one guy they haven't locked down yet. Yeah, staring into. I, I think. Yeah, I think if they if they get him and that's the the call, I think it's a. You know, Darian Durant, Rob Bag, that you you got to go with that pairing. The fact that they didn't go in last year with everybody else is, well, we know why, but it's it's it sucks that they that group should have been in one core like they were. 
But if they can't lock him down, I think they just do the team and still salvage it. But the the team needs needs to honor Durant. He's he has earned that individual uh, respect. You know, behind George Reed and Kent Austin, or behind Ron Lancaster and Kent Austin, he's right up there on the the Mount Rushmore of Ryder quarterbacks. I don't even know who you put at number four, but he's he's the, there the only sure. the only Dennis other Guile. one to win a Grey Cup. Dennis Guile. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't win a Grey Cup, but he's he's the fourth on there. I love like Kerry it's... Joseph, friend of the show, um, but it's Dennis Guile. But yeah, there's if, only if four Joseph had been here a few a few years more, I could see Joseph being that fourth guy. But I can't, in in all honesty, put him up there ahead of. Well, Ooh. crap. Maybe I can. <laughs> I was gonna say, what, what, who's it going to be? <laughs> Reggie Slack. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. You know what? Is Reggie Neil Slack Green? in the Plaza of Honor? Huh? Is Reggie Slack in the Plaza mm-hmm. of Honor? Because no. he should be. He should be. Did lead the team to the Grey Cup in 1997. That, that was an Bu- epic run. Rocky Butler for the uh, for that one game where he beat the Bombers. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, the Riders have kind of had a deficit at quarterback. You know, that actually brings up a good point, saying Rocky Butler, um, because without Rocky Butler, the Riders don't win the 2007 Great Cup. True. Remember that they traded him for Wayne Smith and DJ Flick. Yep. Probably the most lopsided trade in maybe not CFL history, but for sure Rider history, um, with them coming out on top of the trade. The Riders Ray always... for Stephen Giles and a kicker might be the most lopsided. One one thing I've learned about being a Rider fan is anytime we trade Hamilton, it works very good for us because we also got uh, Getzlaff and uh, Durant out of Hamilton in the same trade. We got Charleston Hughes from the Tie Cats. Like Tie Cats should just ignore when the uh, Riders call to make a trade. It doesn't work out well for them. Uh, where were we? Plaza of Honor. Oh yeah, we were talking about that. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw out three names who I think should also go in as well too, and then we'll move on. Omar Morgan. Uh, there were issues getting him across the border, so I know they've tried to get him the last few years. Um, hopefully they can figure that one out. Roy Shivers. Why he's not in yet is beyond me. He's in the Canadian it's... Football Hall of Fame now. Maybe you put him and Danny Barrett in together. I don't know, but it's garbage. He's not in. They changed this franchise. They really made it a destination place. They brought in some amazing talent. And that 2007 team doesn't win without the work of Roy Shivers from 2000 to 2006. The fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame, like, say what you want about Shivers. The fact he's not in the Plaza of Honor and in the Hall of Fame first is not a good... um, Example of this franchise, it's garbage. Like any hard feelings should have been gone by now. Yeah, it's all and, politics, and the fact that we're still talking about it is garbage. And... We aren't where we are today if if Roy Shivers and Danny Barrett don't right the ship in in oh six oh seven. And like Alex said, they turned this franchise around. Look at the look at where we were before them, and from there we went to three Grey Cups in four years, winning one. One again in 2013. Like the, we haven't seen this level of success since the 60s and 70s, and we have them to thank for it. Most specifically, Roy Shivers. He 
he was the reason we we flipped our roster. He did a lot of work on this team. I it's embarrassing that he's not in the the plaza. He should have been in there decades ago or a decade ago minimum. And while we put him in, we should also put the Gleibermans for absolutely uh, sucking and folding the Renegades so we could carry Joseph. Yes. Um, and Jason, Only if we do a Mardi Gras night when we induct them. Um, and one other name I'll throw out there, but I know it's not going to happen while he's still a part of the franchise right now because I know he doesn't want it to be about himself. Uh, Jeremy O'Day, um, as a player, needs to get in there. Um, who knows? Maybe he gets in just as his work as a GM down the, down the road. Um, but Jeremy O'Day should get in. But I don't think he would even think about accepting that until he's no longer with the team. I think they'd have to drag him kicking and screaming if, uh, as a member of this franchise. And I'm pretty sure he wants to be GM for a long time. So he doesn't want to go in the Plaza of Honor anytime soon. No, exactly. I don't think there's any question he gets in the moment the, uh, that he's willing to accept it. Uh, so there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page and John Realty. Uh, jumping to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Still uh, spots left on the Banjo Bowl bus trip if you want to head out to the Banjo Bowl. 300 bucks gets you the ride there and back. Ticket to the game. Um, hotel uh, in downtown Winnipeg. And tons of swag, tons of prizes on the bus as well too. Very good chance you'll win. If you're thinking about going to the game, let us know. And uh, we'd love to have you on join the bus. So send us a message at Piffles Pod anywhere you can find us, Facebook, Twitter, anything like that. Just let us know. And we'd be more than happy to to have you on board with us. So and the real prizes you that. get and the real prizes you get to hang out with us for 10 hours on a round trip. Well, anybody who was about to call just decided not to. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, just, Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, let me make it up to him. We're going to the red barn um, in Moose Middle. Yeah. The only good thing to ever come out of Musiman. Easy. Well, I mean, come on, Furlan. Well, you really? okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um also uh wanna say Gove uh Govind with the riderfans.com. Um for the riders at Stamps game on June twenty fourth, he's got a whole block of tickets reserved. Only 50 bucks. They're regular $66. They're in Section J at McMahon Stadium. Uh, send us a message. message. We'll get you in touch with him if you're on Twitter. Um, he's at G-O-V-A-5-2, G-O-V-A-5-2, um, if you're looking at going to that game as well. Um, I'm going to hold off on the mascot Hall of Fame here because I actually have a story about that after that really, really grinds my gears. Uh, the CFL announced new rule changes. Uh, which were more just kind of tweaks than anything. Um, I didn't realize this wasn't already a rule. It is in the NFL, and I'm all for it. Um, a safety has been added to the options for when the offense is holding in their own goal area. So I didn't realize that wasn't a safety in the CFL. Turns out it was. Oh, it was obvious. Anytime, any yeah, anytime they were that close, like it was hold city. I just thought they weren't calling it, but apparently, yeah, that was apparently not a rule. So there's that. Um, defensive formations are restricted on kick plays, blah, blah, blah. It's just how, where guys line up more than anything. Avoidable contact with an official. You 
hit a penalty if you can't avoid the official on purpose how, or something like that. How are you going to prove that in live time? Yeah. Um, the requirement for the ball to be touched prior to ruling a rouge on a kickoff has been removed. Going Caesar's in the wrong head. direction. Yeah, they went the wrong way with this one. I agree. They Why? went the wrong way. We've been screaming at them to to either get rid of the rouge or make it mandatory that it has to be given up. And now they take away the only time where you you didn't have to give it up or where you had to give it up. Now all of a sudden, kickoffs too. It can go right through. They need to stop this. The I I love the rouge in its history. But they need to get rid of it, or they need to make it an earned point. And they make never it, will. Make it so the only way it's scored is if the team concedes. That's it. If the team no. wants to concede a point to give up or to get field position in return, fine. But you don't just get one for the ball going through the end zone or, or missing a kick or a kickoff going through. No. Too bad. Just... I, I never, ever, ever again want to see a punt for a kick to win a football game. Ever. I Just stop. I disagree. It's a part of the strategy. Ken Miller was right. You t you kick that for that single. Problem is they didn't try to angle it out of bounds. They tried to kick the extra yards through the end zone. That was the problem. I know. Wasn't that in a playoff game? Yeah, it was Eddie Johnson too, wasn't it? Or end of the year anyway. I remember being dark. Like I think that was a night game and or an evening in October or something like that. Punt singles how the uh Rams got to their first won their first Hardy Bowl to get to the Vanier. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that. I forgot about that. <laughs> um um you can move the drive starting position up five yards in certain scenarios, blah blah blah. Um, the one that really gets me is teams cannot have players wear zero and double zero in the regular so, season. You can in preseason. We got Roland Milligan and we got another guy wearing double zero. Yeah, but in the regular season, I think that's garbage. Okay. Oh, well, it confuses the officials. Oh, well, then come on. There's one or there's two of them. What difference? I, what difference is it between a one and an eleven? Nothing. It's the exact same thing then. I, I think I think you should be able I think you should be able to do it, but they have to be on offense or defense. Just stipulate they can't be on the field at the same time. I guess uh, you can't in special teams, but I I, oh. I I don't know what the point is. Like, yeah, who cares? Let's not give them an out on this. There's no logical reason for zero and double zero to be removed. If you Hand can't signals. tell the difference Hand between signals. a zero, if you can't tell the difference between a zero and a double zero on a jersey, you have no business being a ref. Period. They're not Hell, that similar. Hell, on the I on will, the Red Blocks numbers, you can't even read them. Well, you used to not be able to read them across the field. I will say, and as much as I love Andre Pro, he would be so confused by this if there was a zero and a double zero, both on the field at the same time. Double zero, zero, double zero, two zeros, one zero, two uh, zero. You could just see him turn. Turning off the mic and dropping his head like oh, oh it'd, be, it'd be it'd be it'd be that gif of him I love using all the time just saying something drop his head walk off. Uh, so that leaves um, players shall be identified by the following numbering. Eligible receivers will wear numbers zero or double zero through forty nine and seventy to ninety nine. Ineligible receivers will wear numbers fifty to nice. Um, 
Nah. I'm glad you guys got that reference. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, one thing. We didn't talk about this. All the commercials and social media branding by the riders. They're doing all the right Absolute, things. Absolutely fantastic. They're, the commercials that they're doing, the commercial that they have for the home opener with uh, Craig Reynolds, uh, Rob Banstone getting a bag of chips kicked at oh. him by Brett Lawther. Like the Ruffled Scribe. Funny, yep. funny, brilliant stuff. And um, we, me especially, have been on the riders for their lack of branding and and selling their own product. This commercial that they've done and some of the other commercials, they have a couple other ones as well, have been absolutely phenomenal. And so they deserve some praise for this because they're trying stuff, whether it's working I don't, directly right now, we don't know, um, but it will long-term. The more that they keep doing this, the more people are going to remember it. And I think they're doing a fantastic job so far. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a blatant ripoff of the ESPN commercials, but those commercials were great. Classics. And I'm fine with it. And Reynolds is the perfect straight man for that. Like he's straight laced doing, doing his like, yeah, we're, we're happy to do this. And yeah, like Rob played his part perfectly. Brett uh, Lothar looked like he was having fun. This is, this is, this is what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. And it's nice to see the teams finally not taking themselves so seriously. It's not no longer appears to be. It's we're the riders and people will just show up they realized they needed to change their tactics and nothing's wrong with a little bit of fun. Honestly, we've, we've watched the team absolutely mail it in from the marketing perspective since before we started this show, that's been a bone we've picked with them since forever. And it appears since then that the, like this season, the riders have absolutely gone all in. Wait, can I say all in? Am I allowed to use that term? All in green. I don't want anybody all to get in green. Me. Make sure you say all in green, or there's going to be a bunch of red blacks fans that are going to say, "Oh, the Raiders are coping." Okay, we're going to no. I'll, I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I just want to. I just want to make sure I'm allowed to use that. But it appears mm-hmm. they went all in on marketing and said, "We we hear you. We know we need to do better." And they absolutely knocked it out of the park with that video. That moment where uh, Rob Vanstone reaches over and eats a chip off his shoulder. I don't think I've laughed that hard at a commercial in my life. Well Apparently, done, well acted, a lot of fun. That was an ad lib. He wasn't supposed to do that. He just thought he just went and did thanks and just popped in his mouth. And apparently they planned to film that twice and he got it on the first take. Rob really? Vanstone, voice of the writers, actor extraordinaire, great writer. I don't know how like this is great. Like I can't speak enough praise to the man. Boost booster uh, juice the deliverer. Great man. Everything he does is gold. Um, the one little nitpick I do have about that video is I wish they would have put their names um yep. underneath it as well, too. So like when they show Craig Reynolds to start the video, the casual fan doesn't know who Craig Reynolds is just by looking at him. So I wish they would have put Craig Reynolds C- president and CEO there so i wish they would have just done something like that a little graphic that pops up um, rob vanstone voice of the writers yeah uh brett loth brett effing lother um you know have have that i wish they would have done that um but that's again just me being a little bit nitpicky on on things um turns out they didn't go all in on that and there's your segue greg you want to oh. talk a little all in and social media ah <sighs> Have I mentioned how much I dislike Red Blocks fans? Once or twice. Uh, once or twice. Like, yeah. 
guys, Red Bucks fans, meet me at camera three. Let's talk. Um, <clears throat> there's no way in hell the Red Blacks posted their hashtag this year with a video on what was it, May 1st, May 2nd, some of them. And then the riders just magically follow suit the next day. Should teams probably coordinate their slogans for the season better? Yeah, probably. This was just two two teams had the same idea, but there's no way in hell the riders are copying the Red Blacks on this one. It's impossible. It's not it's not even feasible. Like the fact that they picked the same slogan it sucks. I get it, but there's it's not like they forgot their homework and they went to the Red Blocks. Hey, mind if I copy if I just change it just a little bit? That's not how this works. These are these are professional franchises. And the fact that you think the green whites are going to green white, like come on. I'm just so frustrated. Why is the youngest fan base? I guess the youngest fan base is the most childish at this point because it is just ridiculous. I, I don't get it. Suck again. Tell me, you year, don't how, tell me you don't know how marketing works without telling me you don't know how marketing works. It doesn't get rolled out in a day. Nobody is intentionally copying somebody like that. And all in is the most commonly used slogan in sports. We used it in 2013 for our run. Yeah. We used it again in 20. It was either 2018 or 19. Guess what? We're probably going to be all in again in a few years. We're not copying. You're not. You're not original, and we're not copying your incredibly unoriginal idea. Get over yourself. But they got it on their door, their locker room. I will say though, it's better than completely just stealing the Cleveland Cavaliers hashtag. That was funny. That let was them know funny. and make that the CFL branding for the year. Um, they uh, they dropped the ball on that one. The best is when they all put out that hashtag as a time tweet, and it all had the Cleveland Cavaliers logo on it. Uh, uh, luckily, this year, the CFL seems to be kind of learning their lessons, and the, the teams themselves um, have been doing a, a much better job of branding. Uh, you can tell that they're allowed to kind of go out and do their own thing now. Um, it seems like it is, you know, Umbrella is still under the CFL branch and and brought down to the team levels. Um, some sort of, you know, certain expectation, um, but they're really trying to get out there. And I think for the most part, honestly, uh, the teams are doing a great job. The riders are doing a great job on social media. I think the stamps are doing actually a pretty good job right now as well, too. Um, I love the little videos uh, training, when training camp practice is over and the players are leaving. Uh, you have a whiteboard there. You don't see the whiteboard, uh, but the video will have a question. And it was, I think the stamps did one. Who's your favorite football player growing up and all the players would come and answer and you get some really good answers and, and fun. And you can ask them, you can ask them absolutely dumb questions. I think the riders did one too um, today, actually. Um, so I like that they're doing that. It's not original stuff by any means, because we've seen this on social media for years and years um, by professional teams, but I'm just glad they're doing it. It's, it's fun. You get to know the players a little bit more. This new series with Luke Mullinder. I was about um, to bring that up. The the cart ride-alongs, where whatever they're calling it, yeah, where yeah, Luke takes a player from the dorms at U of S all the way to the field. And it was Tevin Jones, and uh, yeah, it's a five-minute video. Check that out. The riders tweeted that out. Um, but this is what stuff. they. 
That's what they need. This to is do. what this is what we've been harping on the writers for a while now. Let us know who the players are. Your your players are what is going to sell this. Like everyone likes to point out, it's the name on the front. No, no. Sometimes the name on the back sells just as well. Look like look at a guy like Derek Dennis. Great personality. The only time he gets to show it is on pods like this for his own. The league wasn't putting that out there. He's got a good future as a broadcaster on TSN. I would listen to that man forever. But unless you catch him on something like this, no one knows. This is why the league needs to push these personalities out there. Those with those whiteboard questions, I wait for when somebody does the does a Yarmer Yager. When asked who his favorite player is, they say himself. Or when, like like Yager did. Who's your favorite player growing up? Yarmer Yager. Trey Trey Robertson. Great. Trey Robertson for the stamps. He did that actually. That was his answer. Did he? Who's your favorite player nice. growing up? Me. Me. <laughs> I was like, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, See, but there's a difference between me being cocky and Trey Robertson saying Trey Robertson. I think I think that using your own name in the third person there would be funny and slightly less cocky. But also oh, Yarmer Yager is just amazing. I know. That's what I'm saying, is you, you do the oh, yeah. you do your name like Yager did, and it's funny. I would laugh at that. But if somebody goes, Who's your favorite player growing up? Me, I probably think you're a dick. I don't know why. It just comes across like a dick move. Sorry, Trey. You you seem like a good dude, but I'm gonna think you're a dick now. Yeah. Um, he can be two no, things. There, there, there's no easy way to segue from that. But speaking of dicks, um, Punter, the mascot for the Edmonton Elks, who I think is the worst mascot of all time in history of pro sports. I don't know Absolute. that inflatable alouette. Well, Blitz. At least it's yeah. an alouette. I like Blitz, actually. Okay, so uh... Punter. Hunter, the, the mashed potato, the, the potato. potato or football, or he's a football. His jersey actually is really funny on the back. It says 13 and PSI. Um, that's the only good thing about him. Um, is up for nomination for the mascot Hall of Fame. Did you know there was a mascot Hall of Fame? I didn't I did. until a couple of years ago. Yuppie. That's the only reason why I know. Yuppie. Yes. Yuppie is the only Canadian entrant into that mascot Hall of Fame which deservedly so, just the stuff between him and Tommy Lasorda um, alone should put him in there. Two-sport athlete, too. Punter. Punter, a football, an angry football, an angry football who fights his own teammate, Nanook, the polar bear, the other mascot in Edmonton. No, no longer. He got retired. They Did got he? spike. They got spike. The oh, they got uh, spike now. That's right. With yes. the antler with bad teeth. I don't know what it is about Edmonton and their ugly mascots, but they just keep on rolling them up. Punter is up for this, and you can vote for him at the mascot Hall of Fame dot com. Um, don't because he's horrible and should mm-hmm. not be in there. He's only been around since two thousand four. You know, he's been around since nineteen seventy seven. The pride of Park Beg Saskatchewan. The pride of Park Beg Saskatchewan. Gainer the Gopher, who has overcome addiction and uh, no, that was that was, and well, he he lost his cousin. Like what happened to Leonard? He's he's gone through some things. He he, he struggled. He struggled. Okay, he has overcome this, and he is the greatest mascot in Canada right now. Not just the CFL. I'm talking all of Canada. 
why is Gainer not up for this? Okay. Gainer should be in the Hall of Fame long before Punter. It's those fat cats in Edmonton that have a non-Regina bias. The name Punter. Punt. I get it. Haha. Football tie-in. What is the one thing you don't ever want to do in football? Punt the ball. That means failure. It means failure. Punter is failure-er. That's literally what his name means. Okay? We want to put failure in the Hall of Fame? No, it's ridiculous. Gainer should be in there. And fun fact, the Riders actually said no to putting Gainer in the Hall of Fame. This actually came out a couple years ago in 2021. uh, Sidebar, when I worked for the Green Zone, um, we found out about the mascot Hall of Fame. Tried to get Gainer in there. It was all ready to go. The, the submission was in there. Gainer's actually in the database at mascothalloffame.com. So they know about him. All the riders had to do was sign off. And what did they have to do? I think it was a $7,000 sign off. Basically saying, yeah, we're going to have a team do this. And they said no. The team said no. Could you imagine the good PR they would have gotten? Could you imagine the merch they could have made saying Gainer is only the second Canadian mascot in the hall of fame the only one in the cfl how much merch you could have sold off that they, they could have made that up on like 100 hats yes if they did the big hats it'd be like 10 hats yeah. so aren't they like 130 bucks or something yeah 100 um, yeah 140 yeah yeah Could you I'm imagine so how amazing Imagine how amazing it would have been. You know how the CFL does a Hall of Fame night every year and they, they bring out all the guys that they've that are going into the Hall of Fame. Imagine the riders doing that for Gainer. Just Gainer. And how epic that would be. That would be a theme night. You could the, make the, that a theme night. Gainer night. The the number yeah. one mascot like okay, everyone knows King of the Hill music hits. The number one mascot in the CFL, the Pride of Park Bank, Saskatchewan, Hall of Famer. Here's Gainer. What Gainer, the hell? who's been at numerous, numerous, I, I couldn't even tell you how many birthday parties he's been at. Weddings. Steve, he was at your wedding, for crying out loud. He was. He was the star of my wedding. He he interrupted my first dance. Your wife was the star at, of your wedding, okay? Um, well, yeah. I mean, let's I be, let's be honest. So, yeah. Yeah. And you say clear, you assume she listens? Christmas. <laughs> clip well, album. maybe not this, I, I, maybe not this far into the show but yeah probably i, I, I don't think she's listening since the first season i edit i can clip it it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't listened since the hottie bowl um yeah. i'm just i'm i'm at a loss for words why punter is up for nomination and, and gainer is not that just that bugs me to no end um, but in all seriousness actually go out and, and vote for punter because more eyes on the CFL if he gets in. That is a good thing ultimately for the league. So I wouldn't be opposed to him getting in, although he doesn't deserve it one bit. Um and there are people, <clears throat> Kevin Lowe, who are in Hall of Fames that don't deserve to be in there. So um it wouldn't be the first time someone from Edmonton gets in there based off of it shouldn't um, be yeah riding someone know, else's coattails. The success of somebody else. Um or their fans agree with me on that one. Come on, let's be serious here. You know what I'm happy about? The Oilers didn't make the Stanley Cup. Anyways, I digress. That was a good night when they lost against Vegas. Oh, I don't uh, like Vegas, but I don't like the Oilers even more than I don't like Vegas. So Vegas isn't play. 
the, the series is going to be over before I'm in Vegas. I am ticked. My, my favorite moment of the NHL season is when the Penguins win the Stanley Cup. My second favorite moment of the NHL season is when the last Canadian team is eliminated. Always brings me joy. Always. It's a good couple of days with uh, Toronto and Edmonton getting out within oh, three days or something. Couldn't happen I, to two worst franchises. I, I bathed in their tears. Uh, just, there's training camp, and we're going to have cuts coming. Um, I'm actually going to refresh the transactions list right now just to see if they got put in late. And as that goes, um, no, not yet. So tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday morning, we'll see uh, about 10 cuts from the riders, um, which guys are no longer going to be part of the team, at least for the time being. Um, of course, training camp is always a numbers game when you can put guys on injured lists and suspended lists and whatnot. Um, you can always you know, dance around those things. So we'll see how that works out. But otherwise, um, they're going to be start getting ready for the green and white game next weekend. Uh, in Saskatoon, their controlled exhibition scrimmage. game against themselves, I guess, scrimmage. Um, and then uh, we're looking at preseason within a couple weeks. So it's Eleven days. great to finally have real football here. Uh, subscribe to Steve's OnlyFans uh, uh, if you want to watch the Riders, if you're not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I made that a thing. It's so great. I don't, I don't think it's actually going to happen this year, do. but uh, who knows. See if I can get one of those big hats. I should be fine. There you go. Your hat seems to be buzzing there, Steve. Ah, B! Two Simpsons <laughs> references. Two! And with that, I think that's the end. <laughs> oh, we could have done another one. And now the easiest part of any coach's job, the cuts. The cuts. Um, that's coming tomorrow and subsequently a couple weeks later. Um, and we'll be talking about it here on the Piffles Podcast. So make sure you follow us uh, on social media. Uh, pifflespodcast.com will have it all updated on there as well too of course piffles podcast is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on elvenstone street and sass drive in regina special thanks as well to kathy festion of royal of page regina realty and churchill brewing company for their support making this show possible have a great week gentlemen and we'll talk next week more foot more rider football this is goes behind your mind by tyler gilbert and i still don't want your pity follows even though i never mentioned it earlier the Oh,